generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Look at somebody say hello, sibling. Tell the person you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ. We may never have spoken before, but by divine election, when God was delineating the spiritual families and clusters of the earth, he had Temitokwe's name inside the same pool as Governor B's name. It had the Adeoju's name inside the same pool as the Oyeyikwa's common. He had, can you hear what I'm saying? You know, just the same way you didn't get to choose your natural brothers and sisters, you actually don't get to choose your spiritual brothers and sisters. And just the same way, your natural brothers and sisters can get on your nerves. We spoke about that in first service. Your spiritual brothers and sisters can do what? When your physical brother offends you, do you say, I don't longer belong to this family? So why are you... (laughs) She says sometimes, but after you say it, you go back and sleep there that night. You might sleep in your friend's house for two nights, right? And then you go back, right? So why is it that any small argument or challenge in a local family, people are like, ah, they don't like me in that church. I don't fit in. Do you fit into your family? Don't they complain your family? You are too much. You are too loud. You are too small. You are too big. You eat too much. They cook meat for nine people. Only you finished... So this is very similar. And by the way, the covenant ties in spiritual families are stronger. Jesus they said to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. And Jesus said, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? He said, these people here beside me, they are my real deal. Why? Because in our spiritual ancestry, belonging to those clusters and those families are eternal. Are you following? How many of you know that the foundation stones, the foundations of the New Jerusalem are made of precious stones, right? And then the gates are named after what? The tribes of Israel. And Jesus said that these people, they are going to sit with me. If you suffer with me, you reign with me. So every child of God will actually have a seat of power or seat of authority in the next dispensation. Which means it is very, 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 very likely that the people who are seated in this place with you are still going to be a part of the tribe. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you're called to families. It's a very serious matter. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So let's go right into the teaching. All right. So what we want to do now is, okay, so we now know the foundation for reconciliation. God has a big heart for reconciliation and all of that. We're just going to go through a number of scriptures so that, you know, you have references and we're not teaching out of culture. We're teaching out of kingdom culture. Right. So, how do we practically and tactically settle disputes, disagreements, challenges, rancor? The first thing is that we've got to realize that God has a heart for oneness. He doesn't just have a heart for friendship. He doesn't just have a heart for Um, fellowship all those things are good and they are on the timeline of relationships but God has a heart for oneness somebody say one One. it said here O Israel the Lord thy God is what one God in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 when we see him creating the different things on earth even when it's separated the waters from the waters 
He gathered the waters to one side. Are you aware of that? He gathered the waters to one side. He gathered the earth. He's going to see you very To one side. So he's very big on oneness. Very, very big on oneness. Now in the New Testament, he actually builds that case further in Ephesians chapter uh, 1. Ephesians chapter 1, 7 to 10. And you're, you're going to be stunned or inspired by the reality of this. Ephesians 1, 7 to 10. John has the... Yeah, that's it. Verse 7. It says, in him, in who is that him? In Christ. We have redemption. We are bought back through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace. Now, of his grace. Now, in relationships, any kind of relationship, if it's going to last, if it's going to endure, if it's going to fulfill the plans and purposes of God, that word grace must be there. If you're going to stay married, you must learn to give your husband grace. If you're going to stay married, you must learn to give your wife grace. If your relationship with your girlfriend, boyfriend, we don't do girlfriend, boyfriend per se, but your fiancé, financier, a person you... <laughs> don't let your intended become extended. Right? Your intended. You have to give grace. What does grace mean? Grace means giving them what they don't deserve. A relationship cannot survive or succeed just on the premise of giving them what they deserve. Because sometimes they deserve insult. Sometimes they des deserve impatience. Sometimes they deserve agbele is a word which an omoluabi cannot faragba. That is tongues. And you know, Agbele is the root word for Agbele Bu, which is cross or crucifixion. So what I said in tongues, let me tell you what it means. It means Agbele is a word. <laughs> it means, how do I put it now? It means, <laughs> it means, inst there's no English I can express it, for one. It means that... <laughs> Who, who understands you about that deeply? Like? <laughs> it means that there's some responses that are so deep yeah. and painful that the responsible person cannot even stand it. Yeah, but that's not, it doesn't, but you know. All right, so if you're to deal with relationships just like that, oh, you came late to pick me up, so I'm going to be silent for the next four days, it's not going to work. So there must be grace. And the reason I'm talking about grace here is, I want us to please understand something. That there are words we have spiritualized. We have spiritualized this word. So we spiritualize the word grace. And you know, people say, I'm a preacher of the gospel of grace. That word is an English word. And that's why there are certain titles, you know, His Highness, His Excellency, His Grace. Right? They're, they're not religious words. They are used to be able to convey spiritual truths or verities but they are not intrinsically religious words okay so when talking about grace we're saying extending a measure of goodwill that goes beyond what that person actually deserves based on what they've done so he's saying that according to the riches of god's grace which he made to abound toward us 
In all wisdom and prudence, which means he was not wasting it, was prudence in it. He had judgment with it. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed where? In himself. All right. Next line. Let's read that together. Verse 10 together. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times. My, why are you reading? Feel it like you're reading. In the dispensation of the fullness of the times, what is it going to do? Gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in who? Please, if you don't mind, read that by yourselves, but read it with meaning and intentionality. Read that again, loud. We didn't read it as one. But see the point there. Many of us, when we think about redemption, we're like, I'm one with Christ, I'm one with Christ. Great. That's not the end game of God. This is instructive now. And some of you may not have heard this before. God did not just plan for, you know, you to be saved. His game plan that at the fullness of the dispensation, at the end of the ages, he is going to gather together in one all things. It means the crops will be redeemed. The hills will be redeemed. That's why I said the trees will clap their hands. Come on, people. It's not metaphoric speaking. Everything will be redeemed. That's why he's saying the earnest expectation of the creatures are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Until the sons of God have become one with the Christ. The order of God for creation and eternity will stagger, will be incoherent or incomplete. Are we following this? So God's game plan is oneness, is unification, it is togetherness. Division does not birth great things. It does not. Whether it's division in a home, division in a church, division in a business, division in your committee, the street meeting where everybody ends up fighting. Saturday morning, they're doing estate meeting, estate meeting, estate meeting. But everybody lives there in the wrong states, even though they're in the right estate. After the meeting, somebody sees you on the rest. Ah, I like your, your starched shirt. They put pop on you at the estate. At the estate meeting. God doesn't like bitterness. God doesn't like division. It's not his game plan. Are we seeing this now? James chapter 3 verse 16. If we look at James 3 16. It then shows us the dangers of division. The enemy uses division as a major, major, major tool. Now before verse 16. Earlier on I was spoken about the power of the tongue. That the tongue can set things ablaze, can divide things, can break things up. So a lot of the instructions I'll give you today will have to do with the tongue and words. Now look at what it says then. Verse 13, it says, Who is wise and understand among you? The way you show you're wise is not by speaking fine English. He's saying, verse 13, Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, where? In your hearts. In your hearts. Do not boast and lie against the truth. He said, this wisdom does not descend from above. This wisdom that feels like I've never been wrong, everybody's wrong, I'm the person that gets it right, and you're, you know, 
propping yourself up in your heart and you're not humble enough to say you're sorry or to investigate and interrogate the issue from a different perspective. He's saying that this kind of wisdom is a kind of wisdom it can become manipulated. That's how some leaders manipulate their congregation, manipulate their followers, manipulate their employees because a kind of wisdom. But it says this wisdom does not descend from above. above. Look at some say it's not from above. He said that this, this wisdom, it has three levels of implication. Number one, it's earthly. It's earthly. It's, it's terrestrial. Number two, it's sensual, which has to do with the flesh. And then it's cosmic. It's demonic, which means that when you operate in this kind of wisdom, the earth will fight against you. It's not God's order. The earth will fight against you. He said, in your own soul, your own, you will not be comfortable with yourself. So there are people today who have all the money that you're praying for, but they cannot sleep alone. They cannot stand who they are in private. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there's a big problem when you're hopping from relationship to relationship, whether it's about marriage or mentorship or spiritual fatherhood, because you have not learned the discipline of standing alone and letting God deal with certain things in you. Your thinking is because that mentor doesn't like me. No, there is something you are carrying that is coming off with an odoriferous smell. Kum gagantuan gaga. That is... An odoriferous smell, a stench in your personality, that no matter the church you go to, you are carrying it with you. Are you following this? So it's not the church that is wrong. It's not the mentor that is wrong. It's not the religion that is wrong. There are certain dimensions of wisdom that you're operating in that is not from above. It is earthly. It is sensual. It is demonic. It's self-seeking. You're quick to defend yourself. You're the last to admit wrongdoing. Nobody can correct you. He said there's something wrong there. He then explains verse 16. Let's read verse 16 together. It says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, what's going to happen? Confusion and every, every evil are there. You know those movies they used to show back then, Nigerian movies. Amaka, 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 Amaka. Amaka, 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 who has done this thing to you? <laughs> In this life, you ain't watching song. Then I'll play the flute. Cooper, you're not helping my ministry this morning. You got to support me with music. <laughs> then you now see in the movie what happened. It was just because Mazi Emeka asked for the collar knot at the elders' meeting. Yeah, that's it. Then the guy will now go. Uh, 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 uh. The great one, I've come to seek your help. <laughs> Against my enemies. It is this woman, that woman. Her name is called Chingere, the daughter of Mazi. It took two bars of yam, 16 two bars of yam from my family. 
They have to know me in this village. Next, they'll give the person, uh, what do they call that thing? Jazz. Then that's when they'll now sing, Amaka, 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 Amaka. Somebody has done you wrong. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a. Right, right. All of you have been watching Nigeria movies since from your youth. Then watch, oh, Amaka has finally taken. So what this guy did was to collect the drug or the poison from the Dibia. Now give it to Amaka to go and seduce Mazi Emeka. She's carrying calabash. You know that thing they wear just there. Is that not Amaka? The daughter of uh... <laughs> young lady, come. I'm sorry, my papa talks say make her go stream. Then eventually she will agree. I'm not doing. I'm not doing. Then this is what Amaka does. Amaka now goes, puts the poison inside the food. She now do like. Or sometimes, if it's patience is awkward, what has happened is that her friend's daughter got married, and there was big celebration. The Igwe sent troops, not Igwe Tupaco, California. Eh? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Shove it up. Envy and self-seeking. That's the problem. It happens in churches. It happens in families. It happens in businesses. He's saying that once you have this twin, the twins, not Esther, Eunice, or Oki and Ogo, he said, envy and self-seeking. So in that place, what are you going to have? Every evil thing. Now, the devil is the evil. Devil, the evil. Are you following? So whenever the devil is there, evil is there. But it also means that if I'm the devil, not me, the devil... If he, if he wants to get into a place, what does he need to send? Envy and self-seeking. Envy and what? Self-seeking. So the next time you say, God, when? Make sure it's not a manifestation of envy or self-seeking. Because there's a generation that is becoming intolerant of other people's advancement. 
Becoming intolerant of somebody buying a car, getting married. So any small thing, you are quick to block people. Why not block the envy that is trying to rise in your soul? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with muting or blocking sometimes. If you feel the tension is high tension. He choke. <laughs> Who the breeds? Who the breeds? My guy, go and take oxygen mask. Go and breathe. By the way, you will never have to burn a boy, but you win your Grammys. Every child of God is a whiz kid in his own field. My wife is giving me a signal. You are preaching great. Thank you. Hallelujah. I will preach to you after service. Some of you are not allowed to preach those kind of sermons. Someone just said, God went. God went. So we, we need to watch out for this. Envy and self-seeking. And it's so popular in our culture. It's so popular now because... You know, back then, people were doing stuff, but most people didn't know who was doing so well and who was not doing so well. You possibly, for you to know what kind of body was driving, you had to have old school associations. Some of you have not been to old, old, old boys, old association in years. Because like, well, am I going there to go and show? This one is driving down. No, no. This one is driving down. The only thing I'm driving is I'm driving demons. Which is a greater glory, by the way. <laughs> that means, uh, it is a greater glory. He said, rejoice not. He <laughs> said, let's drive out demons and also drive good cars. Why choose one? But now, because most people's CVs are even in pictures. You know, back then, CV, you print it. Now it's in pictures. Right? <laughs> And it's right in your face. Now, you don't know whether it's true or not, because guess what? The same way is good to see you, man. The same way, I know you, right? Yeah, I'm trying to recalibrate. Where? Unilag. We're in TRF. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. One of your chefs. Okay, we'll, we'll talk after. All right. So... You know, the same way people can forge CVs on paper, people forge CVs on Instagram. They form and forge. So sometimes you are envious about a lie. Are you getting that? Now, here's the truth of the devil, about the devil. He does not care the reason for your envy. He does not care the reason for your self-seeking. But as long as Mr. Envy meets Sister Self-Seeking, they will bomb picking called confusion and every evil thing. Think about it. Murders is traceable to envy and self-seeking. Political ambition. Ah! How can Agbabiaka be the 
the next governor, I'm at the primary two, you got me graduate. The child that was in primary two, when I had graduated, when I had my school sat, you couldn't even sit. Me, I already sat. Envy and self-seeking. Envy and self-seeking. As ministries grow, and I have to teach this now, because as we grow and we get big and all, we're ordaining pastors and sending our people to plant churches. Why? Mm. Pidam, Sias, preferential treatment. I do like God, <laughs> but I love everybody. But God, God gives you favor in doses and dimensions. There's generic favor. But then it says increase in graces. So there are different graces. So the grace on salvation is the same. Everybody has that same grace. But there are other graces. And there are ways of accessing those graces by revelation, by sacrifice, by long suffering, by endurance, by overcoming evil with good. There are, there are different levels. Right? Are we following? When those times come, why? Why is he the pastor? I have been in kings since before you became a prince. From Barnex. I was in Barnex. Cleaning the chairs with my backside. I was immersed in immersion. In fact, I got drunk on the Holy Ghost. This person I was drinking cough syrup and was sipping spiritual wine from the temple in heaven. Envy and self-seeking. So God now takes us through that process. For us to be able to recover from this and reconcile, envy must be out of the way. And self must die. Somebody says self must die. God could have saved the world by flashing a wave of his hand. But he went through a process. The process of the sufferings. Don't forget... We focus on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the Bible talks about that men know him and the fellowship of his what? Sufferings. Okay. If it was just about the cross, take Jesus to the cross, nail him, just let him die. Boom. Shame, you want me to die. I've died for you. You better accept me when I resurrect. Otherwise, I'll reverse my death for you. He suffered. He suffered, for we have not a high priest who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He was tempted in every way as we are. So if you ever thought to yourself, God doesn't love me, or you ever thought to yourself, where is God in the middle of all I'm going through? Or you ever said to yourself, ah, God, where are you? Do you know Jesus said on the cross, my father, my father, Why? So it is not strange when you say to yourself, I'm not sure God really likes me. That's Nigerian language for Eloi, Eloi, Lamasa, Bakhtani. It's a cross experience. And what is dying on the cross? You're the one dying, not your enemies. And how many of you know that sometimes your enemies not dying is actually what kills your flesh? Some of y'all didn't get that. son in your flesh do you know why I am apostle Paul I am apostle Paul I know a man he was not a Yoruba man I'm just using Saxon 
14 years ago the bible says because of the abundance of revelation he sent me a messenger he put somebody was most likely a human being who buffeted paul so every time paul was you know feeling he said that i might not be arrogant lest i be overtaken by pride sometimes god will deflate your tire so you don't move so fast into the wrong place so some people are deflators in your life to get it to calm down and notice that speed is a privilege not the right and sometimes we will use people in your life to do that to you he said god was one that sent me a messenger of death a thorn in my flesh it was possibly not a simple thing that paul had the secret sin he dealt with that one in romans 6 the things i wanted to do i didn't want to do the things I didn't want to do. And every believer goes through that. Whether it's from your tongue or your sexual life or your heart. Or you go through that. The struggle is the struggle of the believer. The struggle of maturation. But you're going to break out of it. Right? And I know some of you might still be dealing with that. Particularly for young people, it's a lot of fleshly stuff. But as long as you stay in, in the flow of the Spirit of God and you're in this kind of house, you will break. At some point, just look at that thing. As I used to, as I was stuck in that stuff. But when you come out of that stuff, there's going to be other stuff. Like thorn in your flesh. Now, as everybody thinks Paul is the greatest apostle ever. This guy's like, <laughs> Paul, God. spread lies about Paul. Tell things about Paul. Maybe when Paul is in that kind of place, the spirit, instead of the spirit to move, he's so distracted in his mind about that person looking at him. Deflated. The Bible says that Jesus could not do many mighty works in that. Are you following that? So Jesus goes through this process and he dies to flesh. So in the process of reconciliation, we cannot be effective if your flesh is still alive. It's still alive. You want to be right. And if you're like me, if you're very visionary or you have strong leadership capacities or you're strong-willed, there's going to be a major issue in your life. So I remember yesterday, my wife and I were still talking about something. It was lights. We didn't get into an argument. We haven't, we haven't had an argument in a very, very, very long time. But we're having a tell. I'm sure she's even forgotten. We're having a tell, a tell about driving when we're coming back last night and she was telling me something i was still argue it wasn't an argument and i was still giving her my points even though i knew the point she was making right but it was light but before it was not necessarily that light because i would argue and argue but this one and that one and this one and that one and but you know god now said to me but you know that you were talking around the point so some of you is also your personality thing. But what all of us must do, whether it's personality or culture, self must die. Now, who sinned? Was it God or Adam that sinned? Was it God or Adam who sinned? Who came to look for Adam? Did Adam go to look for God? It takes a big person who, are, who has died to pettiness and self to go and look for the offender. Because for some of us, you are the offender. The Spirit of God is speaking to you. You are still arguing. God is saying, if you want to be like me, it's not a function of, you are right, they are wrong. Even when you are right, God says, you go and look for them. It's not fair. It's gospel. It's deep. So we're going to read a couple of things. Let's go real quick. Matthew chapter 5. Help me Lord. Yes, let's do Matthew. 
Getting something? Matthew 5, 21 to 26. Matthew 5. For times like I'll read this. It's fast. There's a lot, but help us, media. Yes. It says, you have said that it was of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, that's like Shige Banza, that's like Waka, it sounds like Raka, right? Raka, Waka, Raka, Waka, Raka, Waka. Waka, waka, waka. He says, well, I'm not pointing at you guys. You can say it's to the devil, really. Because it says, be your brother. Is the devil your brother? No. So you can tell him. And that's why some when they speak it in tongues, they say, raka, laka, 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 laka. <laughs> it says, whoever says to his brother, raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool. Are you seeing this? This is heavy shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there, (laughs) remember, not that you have something against your brother, but that your brother has something against you. (laughs) Wahala. What did he say you should do? This gift can be a material gift. But it can be your gift of singing. Your gift of preaching. Because you can be a great singer who has not forgiven somebody who hurt him three years ago. And God said, as you are singing, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, they smell. A chopper. Hey, 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 hey. I will never worship my mere God. I will never, never. He will leave praise and worship like that. Never, never. My mere God. My mere God. And God is like, you're already worshiping yourself. So what are you thinking about? He said, leave your gifts there before the altar. Go your way. First be reconciled, check out that word, to your brother and then come and offer your gifts. Next verse, what does it say now? Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him. Unless your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown in prison. Now don't forget, when I'm speaking about adversary here, it's not talking about, so he's mixing spiritual realities with civil realities. That's why he said... Raka, you're being in, uh, in danger of the council. It's talking about a physical council that would judge a case and say, why are you using offensive words? Like, uh, Raka was like the F word or the S word. So why are you assaulting verbal assaults, right? But it's now saying that when you call your brother fool, there's a council in heaven as well that has a judgment. So it's contrasting to worlds, kingdom and civil. Now here, he's saying, I agree with the adversary quickly. If you don't do that, it's going to hand you over to a judge. In other words, you go to a court. Now, what many believers are not aware of is there's a court of heaven. You're not aware. Why is Christ called the advocate? 
Why does the blood speak? Was it speaking better things? Because there's a court in heaven. And even though, watch this, you are righteous in Christ Jesus. Don't forget that wisdom is upon uh, three levels. Earthly, sensual, and demonic. Are you following that? So even though you are righteous and by the court of heaven, you are vindicated, ratified, free. In the court of the earth, it is your dealings as a man. Oh my Lord. And I will show you from what Jesus said. So he said that in Matthew chapter 5 verse 25. Now go all the way. Have we finished that? Uh, well, next verse says that the judge will hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown into prison. And surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till what happens? In other words, grudges are expenses. Grudges have a cost. Cost on your health. Cost on your money. Cost on your time. Cost on your opportunities. It costs you something. To hold somebody in your heart. You are offering them free accommodation without them parent. You're holding people in your heart. But it goes even farther than that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18. So I can show you this one. And this one is so long. I'm going to have to skip some things. From verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. You see that? There's a way. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, then let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. What does that mean? He is saying that if somebody offends you, the first point of call is go talk to the person. If the person does not agree, take two people so that two or three witnesses is confirmed. If that does not happen, take it to the church leadership. Let it be known by the governors of the church, the pastor of the church, the eldership of the church. Let people know that something is going on. Is that if they try to intervene and that does not happen, you know what you do? Treat him like a heathen or a tax collector. In other words, now when you see a heathen person in the streets, right? Sometimes you greet them, sometimes you don't, right? But if you're in the same space, do you greet them or not? So there's no place in the Bible that everyone agrees to you not greeting people. Because when you go to the store, you see a heathen, you say hello, good afternoon. When it says tax collector, it's saying let your dealings with that person be official. No intimacy. Are you understanding? It's official. So pastor says, turn to your neighbor and say, God bless. Oh, God bless. Not God bless. Uh, we've seen this now. He now says, when all of that goes on, again, I say to you that if two shall agree, it's touching anything that speaks about agreement. It speaks about agreement after that, which is important because you can be effective when you're keeping all of that. Then it speaks about, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. He wanted to settle accounts. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And as he was not able to pay, GB, do the mathematics for me. How much is 10,000 talents today? Some millions of dollars. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife. And somebody say no joy. And children and all that he had. And the payment be made and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. 
released him and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his own fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, shinshini money. Do that for me as well. The calculation modern currency. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. Pay, pay, pay me. Someone that was owing 10,000 talents was forgiven. Now 100 denarii. With a fraction of a fraction what was forgiven him. He says, pay me what you owe. So the fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me. And I will pay you all. And he would not. But went and threw him into prison. Till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done. They were very grieved. And came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master after he had called him said to him. You wicked servant I forgive you all that debt. Forgive you all that debt. Because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers now watch this delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him what's the next line I want to observe the next line so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart who is speaking does he know what the father will do or not this torturing is not the torturing of demons it's not going to send demons to torture you he's saying the systems of life will not be reconciled to you you will run into great hardship until you forgive even though you are justified, sanctified, blood washed, the earth itself will rebel against you. <laughs> so some things I used to do easily, they used to do just, you know, submit a proposal, 10 million has come out, now two years, three years, 10,000 naira is what you're asking your brother or sister. Offense. Psychos. So you've tried the exam, you've tried the interview, and every time final stage, check this area. He's a joker from hell. The devil knows the system. The devil knows your spirit is saved, but your soul is being saved. That's why I said, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Why? There are factors and forces in the realm where you're in that the enemy can still manipulate to bring complications. That Paul, the great, great revelator, a proponent of the gospel of Christ, as we know in recorded history, he said, I wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered me. Paul, what do you mean? In other words, there's still territorial intelligence. And one of the gates that the enemy uses to block believers is offense. And it will bring brothers in church and at home. Are we following this? Now that torture, it says, that torture, it says, the same thing your heavenly father will do to you. Next verse. It says, you will deliver it to the torturers. Is that it? Is that it? You didn't read the last part. Verse 35. So my heavenly father will do to each of you from his heart who does not forgive uh, his brother's trespasses. Now, what's the torture going to be? Till he pays back. 
That's what it is. It does not mean you are discarded from the body of Christ. No. He's saying till you experience the pain you are putting somebody else through by holding them in unforgiveness. Are you getting that? This is the reason some bad things happen. Some. This is not the only reason. This is one of the reasons. Some complications happen in people's lives. They're like, God, why, why is this happening? Because you're holding somebody in your heart. You are not blessing and releasing them. You have not let God break your heart over that issue so that you can free them. Even though you are in pain, you free them. So what will happen is the systems of the earth will also conspire against you to bring pain in your life. Yet in all of this, the father loves you. In fact, it is because the father loves you. People are sober now. Are you following this? Then uh, Peter, I think that's in Matthew chapter 5. Peter then says to God, to Jesus, How many times shall I forgive? Oh, hmm. This is your forgiveness. How many times? I need to get the scripture for you. How many times shall I forgive? Verse 22 actually. Matthew 18. All right. Verse 22. Matthew 18 verse 22. The question that Peter asked, he said, Jesus said to him, I did not say, okay, verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So he was trying to use 777 is a number. Some of y'all didn't know that. He was trying to use that. God is a way maker. You know, all of that. <laughs> I need to help some of you because some people are feeling the weight now. They're feeling sad. How many times shall I forgive? Up to seven times? In his mind, like, ah, let me just raise the bar. Even though in his heart, he really wanted to forgive once or twice. You know? But just say, let me just, you know, let me be a responsible child. Up to seven times? Then Jesus said to him, I do not say to you, up to seven times but up to what 70 times seven another account on the gospel says in one day 490 times in one day another one actually says 77 times seven in one day so one of the accounts one of them was not listening attentively at the time so one put 70, the other answer 77. <laughs> Are you seeing that? In a day. In a day. In a day. Why would God put you through that? Because the pain of forgiveness is less than the pain of torture. And every time your soul does not free somebody, what you're doing, we don't even know that's what you're doing. What you're doing in the cosmos is that you have taken a stand that God will respect in the cosmos. There is something, there is a door that has not been opened because of that person. 
Are, are you following? Some of you, because of what certain people said about you, which were lies, some people still don't like you till today. Now those certain people that should have favored you have not favored you. So you think that in God's wisdom, just be like, hey, it's just a joke. No, the system will have to punish them for that because God is a God of love, but it's also a God of justice. So it means that the punishment of the torture for them is not just that eh, an angel will come and they'll not be able to sleep. No, it means that they will keep praying for certain doors to open, but they will not open. They will not know why. In fact, they will say, I never shut the door against anybody. But your tweets online shut the door against them. Your disposition, your comments, your careless remark, the look you had in your eyes, the cynical thing. Because in the spirit realm, records are kept for every transaction. And that's why when Jesus speaks about forgiveness, he uses a parable and uses transactions, metrics, money. is countable. Even your words are going to be counted. Are you aware of that? So I can offer sometimes, I just say, God, please, I'm joking, not hold it against me. But God said, even when you joke, mind your jokes. Are you seeing that? So this is a non-negotiable for the prosperous or progressive believer. So quickly, one of the things you must do, let's go through them. Number one is that you must understand, well, before I give you number one, let me give you the seven stages of a relationship, or step seven levels in a relationship. I'm going to run through them. Number one is that conversation. That's the first and basic. For you to have any kind of relationship, there must be conversation. That's the very first stage. And one of the things that happens is that almost any other part of the relationship is subject to this first part. Once there's error in conversation or judgment, guess what's going to happen? The relationship goes south. When conversations are not being held, relationship goes bad. When, are you getting the point? So number one is conversation. And in restoring the relationship, the first thing is also what? Conversation. So Adam falls and God comes to converse. Adam, where are you? So not talking to the person is never the solution. Yeah, if you are not talking to the person, it needs to be time based. You need to decide in your heart for how long will I not speak? God does not ratify total silence, eternal silence, timeless silence in a hard relationship. So, number one is conversation, number two is propitiation and justification. What's propitiation? Now, this person has to acknowledge and admit what they've done wrong, and then they have to make an effort right i'll explain what i mean by that it does not mean that before you forgive the person then needs to know you forgive because you're a son of god and god forgives so you forgive right but for the purpose of the relationship propitiation is that this person has said something apologized done something to help melt the tension in the relationship the friction in the relationship right the person has done that and justification means that this person is now just as if I had never. As if you guys never fought. Your brother, your sister, as if you never fought. Now, a lot of people struggle with that. The struggle. We can converse, oh, but we're not cool. So propitiation is when we're cool. By cool, does not mean we're best of friends. It just means you've tried. 
you know, maybe you came to visit me in my house, or you attended my event, or you gave me a support or something, or you spoke words in public in an attempt to reverse what you said about me privately, or you went to go and tell my mom what I told you about my sister three years ago is a lie. You know, a PI during the women's meeting was talking about how certain people said certain things, you know, about her and to her and all of that. So that's propitiation. But God did not just come for us to have propitiation and justification. He said that God was in Christ doing what? Reconciling. So the third stage is reconciliation. Reconciling the world. The third stage is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Number four is now unity. So after you're reconciled with Christ, what happens? You become united with him. You agree with him now. You agree with him. It does not mean you're perfect, but you agree. So in your dealings with men, your goal is not, eh, let's just... Let's be justified. You want to be united because God's desire is what? Oneness. Are you seeing that? Number five is fellowship. Now, fellowship is, so unity is maybe on social media, we're liking each other's stuff. We're saying the same thing. She posts something, I say yes. He posts something, I say yes. But fellowship is let's hang out, let's have a meal. Are you getting that? After fellowship, there's another level called communion, right? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love goes through for a sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So love of God is generic. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is elective by divine election. And then your response to that divine election is what gives you fellowship. Right? Deeper level of fellowship is communion. And then oneness, which is the ultimate drive for the believer. So what are the steps you need to take? Number one is this. If you're going to reconcile, you must start with conversation. And to converse effectively, I'm going to give you seven quick things. Number one, mind the truth. That's the first thing. Mind the truth. Many times when people offend us, we mind the emotions. We are mindful of the emotions. We are mindful of our reputation. We are mindful of our past. We are mindful of our history. We are mindful. But the truth of the matter is that God loves this person just the way God loves you. Are you aware? When we're upset, we're very angry. So we ask God, send out fire. Let them burn. Burn, burn. Now, imagine if every offense you committed, people were invoking fire on your head. Remember the last person you, were, you owed? You said it's just three weeks loan, soft loan. It became a hard situation. It's just a soft loan, soft. Be mindful of certain words. Some people say, can you help me with a soft loan? Just give them the money you're willing to forget. You said three weeks, three months passed, three years passed. They've even forgotten about the loan. And the anointing is every time they see it, my guy, my guy, my guy, guy. You're like, we're not cool. There's no propitiation. That's it. When there is still, mm, 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 I'm that, we converse, but no propitiation. So we need to mind the truth. What's the truth? God is love. What's the truth? Man fails sometimes. And this could be their own moment of failure. Are you following that? Because you failed before. You failed to keep your word. You had a meeting at Aja for 4 p.m. And you were still at Festac by 3 p.m. 
3 30, they called you. Where are you? Where are you? I'm on my way. You will see me now. You see me now. I'm fast approaching. I will soon be there. Will you be able? That's Dami. <laughs> will you be able to make it by four? Of course, of course, by God's grace, by God's grace. You did not ask them 4 p.m. on what day? Might be the next day. It's 4 p.m. 4 p.m. So in our fighting, and I know that some relationships are very tough. I know some of you, what you're dealing with didn't start two years ago. Like Abraham and Jacob, sorry. Uh, Esau and Jacob, from when you were small, and some of you can remember the envy started. It was not even meat. It was toys. Toys, toys, toys. Who will buy my toys? Some are big and some are small. I call to your seat toys. You don't know that? Not really, right? We went to posh schools. We learned toys, toys, toys. Who will buy my toys? You know it? Yeah. I'm joking. So anyway, it started with toys. What happened? Your uncle or auntie went to London. And then they brought, I don't know what they brought, Big Ben, Eiffel Tower, something, one fancy, but you liked one particular one. Then I'll give your brother. Envy started. So you're moody and sulky, but some of you are very competitive or very sensitive. Some of you are very sensitive. Very. You feel everything. If you feel I feel you now. You feel everything. So when the moment your brother gave it to your brother, nobody noticed. This is like, why are you not playing now? Hmm. Hmm. Why you not play? That was the day the enemy entered. And you didn't know. But then you went to primary one, then somebody was doing batty in your school. There was one Ras guy in my primary school. I was wearing nice sweat stuff on my, I can't remember, my fifth or sixth birthday or something. And we didn't speak vernacular in my school, but the guy was very ras. So I wore my special outfits and everything. The guy just looked at me, looked at me, I took cake to school. Oh my, show you batini. That means like, that means like, when I say party. Anyway, so you went to secondary school and your teacher basically repeats what your mom did. There was a toy made of icing on the cake. You had been eyeing it as your divine consolation for the toy that you lost. You see how the enemy joins dots? And then when they cut the slice of cake, just before it got to you, somebody with long hand, stretching, yum, yum, yum. Maybe even rubbed it in your face. And you were sad, you cried. Then primary four, primary five, the guy you had a crush on. Some people have been crushing for that long. The guy you had a crush on. Fresh boy. Or girl, as the case may be. Everything was going right. You had planned to yourself. You had written the scripts in your head. What you were going to say, I like you. Right? <laughs> but the, like a week before your plan, because you were saving it for like the week before holiday, so that no matter how it turns, you go home all day with your shame or whatever it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that's how, middle of that term, 
One girl from Oyebo land was transferred. Long her. Posh. Niger sun has not stampered with the skin. Glowing. Then you now just see this boy that I've been eyeing for three terms. Giving her attention. And that attention became your tension. Airflow was restricted. He choked. I gotta close people. Oh, give, give me some music. You couldn't believe it. Everything fainted like the figures were for Kevin Hart in night school. The teacher was like, Hello, Anne. Hello, Anne. Anne, Anne. You couldn't see anything. So they ask you, so what is the answer? 16.5. But the question they ask you, what's the difference between an apple and an orange? But is that 16.5? It entered. And it began to creep up. And you dealt with all those issues. But don't focus on the emotions. Focus on the truth. The truth is... That person is gifted, you are gifted too. That person is making progress, it does not mean you will not make progress or even outpace them. If you feel like the people that were behind you and have overtaken you by your own calculation and judgment, why are you bitter? Since if you believe they overtook you, why don't you know that you can still overtake? But competition is one of the lowest standards of living. You are not designed to dance around the ring, the boxing ring of competition. There's enough in God. I think one of my posts this week, I was like, no matter how much somebody has taken out of God, there is still so much more left. So much more left. Are we seeing that now? So what ministries were able to do and gather with millions of dollars for years in concerts and crusades and prayer revivals and prayer meetings able to gather that after the ministry was 10 15 20 years spend millions of dollars and then they have 50,000 100,000 people people are gathering that online in a prayer meeting now so what does that tell you there's more in god so the thousands being gathered online now that's not the height of what god can do are you getting what i'm saying so you must move from scarcity mentality to abundance. That's the truth. Whatever you have seen in your brother or sister's life is at best an advertisement of the possibilities in God. So think from the truth. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, not for God so loved them, he loved the world. So somebody hurt me, upset me, God so loves them. Do I mean God loved the rapist? Unfortunately, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I, can't, it's not, I need to qualify that. Because yeah, that's how somebody will go and cut this now and put it on Twitter. See? Fast rising pastor publicly proclaims that God loves rapists. So let me just say what I meant. God does not love you based on your actions or your deeds. He loves you based on his character. God is love. 
Now, Paul was the one gathering people's cloaks whilst they stoned Stephen to death. Yet, the Bible says, when the fullness of time had come, God, who chose me from my mother's womb. So whilst in one frame, the picture anybody saw was conniver to murderers about Paul because of God's eternal perspective God does not look at your throwback throwback pictures he looks at the video reel of your life so men will see a frame but God sees the entirety so once he was holding start him, start him, start him God was like the reason you are killing this boy for that's what the entirety of your life will be used to advance The reason you killed Stephen, in fact, by the time Paul, you had, I will use you, eh, Paul, you don't understand. I will squeeze you that 2,000 years later, almost no pastor can preach for 45 minutes without referring to you. This hand you used to stone or to gather the clothes, I will use these hands to write letters that will be translated from papyrus, from boards, from canvas, to paper machine, to paper, to digital devices. I will use you, Paul. We were joking in the office in the course of the week. There's this guy. He's the poster child of all designers. Abraham, you will know the person. Yes, this guy. This guy. I've used him in designing slides. Who are the graphic designers in the house? Have you used this guy in any of your slides? This guy. My girl. And the girl too. She's stepping up. But this one. So B was saying something about this guy. He said, I show that sometimes he showed that sometimes this guy will wake up tired. He'd be like, I've not even done anything in three days. Why am I tired? He said, someone would say, Sir, your image is working. <laughs> oh Lord. And, and, it, and it's, now you begin to see him. Just trust me. The next training you go for at work, a, design, a trainer will use that as like, or you see him on a billboard or something. I'm like, I'm going to do a post about this guy. I'll be like, guys, can we celebrate this guy? So mind the truth. For God to love the world, God loves that person. Peter denied Jesus. God still loved him. Number two, mind your thoughts. So mind the truth in bracket. Mind what God says. Mind the truth. Number two, mind your thoughts. In bracket, mind what you think. Mind your thoughts. Watch out for prejudices and biases. When you want to settle disputes and disagreements, don't go with the mentality that's the way he is. Of course, sometimes that's true. But if you want to be reconciled, you need to at least open your mind a little bit to the possibilities of what if he became this way because. Because sometimes you don't really get people's responses until you understand their journey. So a lot of people didn't understand Paul's aggressiveness. Let me tell you, if you felt somebody was too much, the early church must have felt Paul's own was too much. But Paul was wired that way because he was a too much guy. When you are killing, you kill well. When you're persecuting, you persecute well. But when God catches you, you will catch people well. You're wired like that. You're wired like that. 
That's the way he is. Be careful. So maybe your sister or your brother traveled to another country whilst you were growing up. And then everything you conclude is because they sent you abroad. It's because they sent you abroad. That's where they spoiled you. Because they sent you abroad. And that thing is a, is a block in your head. Because what you might not realize is that any might capitalize on that to let you feel that because you were in Nigeria, you're of a lesser stock. And so anything that you consider to be a character flaw in their lives, you magnify or exaggerate it because a part of your soul is trying to compensate for what you consider to be an element of loss in your own journey. Watch your thoughts. Cultural biases. Spiritual certain spiritual siblings. Oh, it's because he's close to Pastor Dami or LT and because he or she knows that they will always support him or her. That's a bias. Because ask... B, I still rebuked B this week, and he felt, I think he felt, I don't know, did you feel I was supposed to defend you and fight your cause? I've put you on this spot now. You didn't think I was supposed to. In other words, you didn't believe that much in me, that I loved you. <laughs> Am I joking? <laughs> this is the second part I'm joking, because anything B says I'm going to spin it. Somehow, yeah. That's what I do to people around me. For fun. <laughs> but they know how to hear the truth inside the phone. Alright. But the fact that you're close to me does not mean I'm biased. Sometimes you even feel like, uh-uh, P-Dams, am I not your guy? It's because you're my guy. Don't worry, as you mature, you're going to understand how that works. Alright? So, be mindful of thoughts. Also be mindful of transferred impressions so for some of you the sibling rivalry between you and your natural siblings came from your mom yeah. ah your brother your brother i like you i know that's why i like you but your brother but your brother your brother your brother your brother anything you always add to it we bought this one he added to it we bought him toika his parts inside it even when he's cooking, he puts too much water. We bought him mattress. He added bed wetting. <laughs> your brother is always adding. Now, you don't know that it's depositing something in your subconscious. And after a while, you begin to equate your brother with stress. Why are you stressing mommy? And so some of your fights have nothing to do with what your brother did or did not do. But came from a rich catalog, a repertoire of historical complaints. That you have now taken on because you love so your mom so much and you're going to fight anyone that is bringing stress into our life. So watch out for that. Watch out for stereotyping. Ah, it's because my sister is choleric. Choleric, she's choleric. Ah, what do you expect? Choleric people, they're very, very useless people. They just stamp on everybody. Their favorite song is, Macha, Macha, Mo. You guys got saved five years ago, that's why. That was the revival song of the 90s. Macha, macha, mo. All right, so think about that. 
Second Corinthians chapter 5, 18 to 21. Now all things, I, I spoke about oneness, right? Second Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. Now all things are of God. What has he done? Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, what has he given us? The ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word conversation, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us. That we might become the righteous of God in him. So, of course, this is speaking primarily about redemption and salvation, but it's talking about the pattern of God, God's way of thinking. Number three, time's sake, mind your tongue in brackets what you say. Mind your tongue. So, you've had this fight, intense fight with your brother or your sister, you will notice something. Before that fight became intense, somebody said something they shouldn't have said. It started with a difference in opinion, then it graduated to disagreement. Then it became fight. Ah. Then instead of one person to just calm down, pipe low, chill, drink water, the person like, eh? I can't take that. And by the way, sometimes it's actually third parties that complicate it. Two people are there. Eh? I can't take that. The observer is the person that is what? Eh? 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 I can't take that. That's all the person did. The ego in your spirit. No, there's no ego in spirit. The ego in your heart. The is true. I can't take that. Then all of a sudden, the enemy flashes you the series of your life. All the times you have taken nonsense. And you said to yourself, this is far no further. Today, I will show you. See, eh? people are not ready to fight. I don't want to say hold my shirts. People are ready to fight, they will tear the shirts. Yeah, if you're ready to fight, why, why? hold me, oh, hold me, oh. hold me. <laughs> hold me, I'm dangerous, I'm dangerous. You will be dangerously beaten. So somebody spoke words into your ears. And then provoked your tongue. The person said, That's how you be talking, talking, show, 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 just like your mother. Do you want to see crazy? You want to see crazy? about black belt, yellow belt I will bless you, belt you with a farm belt evangelist black Kamar (laughs) 
my wife would be like, Peter, where do you hear all these things? Where, where do you know all these things? You're, you're always praying and studying and doing different work. Serious work. <laughs> the whole tree that is hopping hop. Mind your tongue. Proverbs 15, 1 to 2. Proverbs 15, 1 to 2. Proverbs 15, 1 to 2. Okay, what does it say? I want us to read together. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I know that sometimes my, my wife would be like, Peter, sometimes when I just feel like you're going to give it to somebody, like just, you know, give it to them. They're just so, you're just so easy and gentle with them. And many times, many times, it's because I know that if I really give it to that person, hey. <laughs> so, uh, because I, I, I used to be very bad. I didn't know it was bad. I thought I was just expressing myself. But in, in secondary school, you know, don't fight with Dami. Because he doesn't use to fight with hands. But his words. Very piercing. So I've become increasingly selective and choosy. And sometimes, don't waste your anger on people who need your prayers. Because your anger could be an asset. Some of you, when you're supposed to be angry at the devil, you no longer have any anger for him. Because you've wasted your anger on humans. I'm not saying you shouldn't tongue lash. A tongue lash, you know, ask the people that know. If you suspect anybody knows, ask them. <laughs> right. So I'm not saying the soft, but he says, he's not saying be soft. He says, sometimes let your answer be. And it's amazing. It takes just some water to douse a raging fire. But some of you, when you see that fire burning, you already, you already know your sister. You already know. You are living with her in the house. Before she finally paid rent for that house, you know how she paid school fees, how she was helping your mom and your dad for years and years. Now, she's gotten that place. And you, she has told you. She's told you. I don't like it when you wear slippers into the living room and put the rug on there. You know but here you are, coming by 10.45 p.m. Sure. Hi. You know where you are from. Nine years older than you. How about good evening, sis? How are you doing? Hi, Judith. Remove slippers and put it on the same rug. Come here. Why did you do that? How can you be talking to me? Don't you know I have a boyfriend, but you don't have. I hope you have secured your seats in 1985. Where you'll be slapped back into. Time travel inducing 
We need to learn, particularly as Africans. I remember in London, somebody said to me, somebody said to me, I think it was a cabman that said, it was a cabman. So, you know, just chit-chat and all. So, where are you from? Nigerian. Nigerian! You people are loud! Loud! So he said to me that he came to pick, <laughs> he came to pick people from Heathrow Airport. And that the way they were talking, they were talking, talking, he was so afraid. Stop fighting! Stop fighting! Stop fighting in my cap! That's what, that's what he said. Sir, we are not fighting. We are just greeting ourselves. Now we haven't seen ourselves. <laughs> Use the whole mouth. <laughs> and it's find a, a soft answer. Can I tell you what? This works in every culture. When you see the heat going up, my wife and I, we've mastered it now. We never used to shout. We're, we're never shouting people. But my wife would be like, P. Dams, you're not speaking loud, but you're shouting. The way you're arranging your words, the way you're saying one thing after. <laughs> they are shouting. I remember, I can't remember, maybe two or three years ago, I don't know what Uche did or didn't do something so i just i just spoke to her from my heart and she was crying crying so maybe next year some i said why are you crying say because you are shouting i said i wasn't shouting say you're not raising your voice but you were shouting with your words so many times before i respond now i'm very i just but i still shout abby b do i still Sometimes. But I, I'm trying, am I? Ish. A soft answer turns it away. There's, there's a posture you have, and we looked at that in Jacob and Esau. Jacob sent gifts. Jacob sent emissaries. Then Jacob prospered seven times. In other words, as he was going to meet Esau. Ah! In other words, I come in peace. Some of you, you already know that you are the one that is wrong, but you want to save face. So you now be for me. You now start digging what they did 13 years ago. That has nothing to do with what they are telling you now. You left the tap running. You left the house flawed. The mattress was floating. I know you always pray for water bed. <laughs> there you go. Since he can't go to Maldives or Zanzibar or something. Malibu. <laughs> Floating, right? They now say, why did he leave the top running? Say, that's how you didn't give me a Gogoro 17 years ago. No basis, y'all. A soft answer. It turns away rough. Proverbs 15 verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit one of the areas you must watch with your siblings with your brothers with your sisters is words words watch your tongue number four very important mind your tone so mind your tongue in brackets what you say mind your tone in bracket how you say what you say 
So number one, mind the truth. That's what God says. Number two, mind your thoughts, what you think. Number three, mind your tongue, what you say. Number four, mind your tone, how you say what you say. Sometimes you are right. But see, there is a way you speak to your brother or your friend. And you are right. But you use the same words for an elder. And you are wrong. And you are wrong. And the Lord, if you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, the Lord will bring that thing to your heart and say, well, maybe you could have spoken to somebody else that way, but you speak to an elder. You're wrong. So there was something that happened a long time ago in this house. And I remember speaking in a certain way to Engineer Adeonjua. I didn't speak to him, but there was something I said or a reaction or something I said. And the Lord stayed on my heart concerning that issue. In my mind, I'm like, I spoke the right words. But God said, how about your tone? By the time I went to him and I apologized and I spoke to him, he couldn't even remember what I said. He could not even remember. Maybe in the goodness of his heart, he had just freed and let it go. Maybe in the goodness of his heart. Or maybe so much time had just passed. But sometimes what puts you in the wrong is not the words. It's the tone. So you're saying the right words with the wrong tone. Are we seeing that? So you're right. You're right. But when you spoke to your dad like that, he said, hmm. And that was what he said. In your mind, he didn't know what that, hmm. me. You didn't know what it meant. So to your brother, your sister, it's fine. It could be fine sometimes. To an elder, it's a different thing. And it's not just a cultural thing, it's a scriptural thing. It's a street, all the women like mothers. But you, everybody's a, you know, there was a, a trainer and a teacher. A trainer and a teacher who was speaking. She was in her 40s and she was saying some young people in their 20s will be sending her message, hello dears. Hello dears. Say if you guys are contemporaries, yeah, maybe, maybe. And you have some relationship don't go to a stranger send a DM somebody who's 15 years older than you my dear mind your tone mind your tone so that you don't change your skin tone or they don't change your skin tone because look at what it says Proverbs 12 verse 18 there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword so if you're if you're like me your words are sharp so you don't use your you know your words are so sharp that even when you're joking you have to be careful so that's why many times if i jab somebody even when from stage you know sometimes i'm gonna be like ah no i don't mean like that i'm so sorry and then possibly after the service i might go up to the and say hope you know I, i didn't mean it like that because your words are so sharp because you're so articulate and so intelligent and fiery and there's a way you can say something that that someone who's sensitive will just feel like you know you're despising them or that you beat them he said there is one and that thing is a gift but you want to use that sword against the enemy there are many of us who are bringing swords to a bread knife breakfast It's like we're just playing. 
but you have tied your chests. There is one who speaks like the presence of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. So if you want that relationship to be healthy, that fellowship to be healthy, that team to be healthy, you're running a business, and you know some business people in Africa, they just get it wrong. That's why some of those businesses never grow. You're in a business, you're calling people wild names. Where are they? That's why you didn't get the job on time. I just put it to employ you. The people who say things like that, and you'll be shocked, even in some banks, where you feel people should be better enlightened and there should be decorum. They will dress down a grown man. I heard about a certain MD. I used to run a lot of trains for a certain bank and and I hear that bank I I hope they've changed now but that bank not the bank I now run more trainings for because some of you are like ah this bank no not that one a long time ago they used to stress people's souls stress them and I hear in another bank the MD one said wow and you are somebody's father no, it didn't say something. It's how you will go home today and somebody will call you daddy. Very notable bank. The tongue of the wise. Gotta run. Let me just mention this. People will remember how you made them feel longer, long after they've forgotten what they heard you say. People remember how you made them feel long after. So if you're in a working relationship, intentionally create feel-good moments. Intentionally. B and, and Kenneth work with me on the business side of things or because I'm in the Lord's business. They also carry King's Math on top of their head. head. But B and Kenneth, can I, can I ask you a question as an example? What percentage of our time together is feel-good? What percentage? In our office. <laughs> no, but we do great work. Yeah, we do. We do. Right? A lot. How many times do I rebuke or chastise you? What percentage? Maybe 5%. So you know the one I rebuke you is sitting on a bed of love. Roses have thorns. Don't let your own thorns have roses. Every encounter, you are jabbing people, wounding people, hurting people. You need to deal with yourself. You are scared of something in your own being. That's why don't forget, Jacob could not reconcile with Esau effectively until, do you know what happened? He was alone. The Bible says Jacob was left alone. When he sent his brothers away, his, his, uh, not his brother, his wives away, his children said, and Jacob was alone with God because many of us the reason we can't do well with people is that we are not doing well with ourselves alone so every other person who comes is an irritation why because we irritate ourselves but they are only external bodies that give us the opportunity to express how irritated we are are you getting this this deep so you're not good with people because you're not good with yourself and in as much as I love people, I love, I love people, I love you guys. Ask my wife, I love my company. I enjoy spending time with myself and God. I'm not afraid of myself. 
to be alone like Jacob was is when we strip you of your titles, when we strip you of your products, when we strip you of your services, when we strip you of your church, your ministry, are you happy with who you are without those things? Many people are not. And until you get to that point, you haven't met God. And if you have not met God, you haven't met the who you are in God. So he wrestled, 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 wrestled. Boom! Said, day is coming. After I had an encounter, he was able. He was able. The sign of having been wrestled by God. The sign of total reliance. He says, till today in Israel, they don't eat the meat from that part of the leg of any animal. Because God wrestled Jacob. You know, when you've been wrestled by God, you don't judge people so quickly. Mind your tone, I gotta close. Just the last two things list. Number five, mind your terrain where you say it. Number six, mind your timing. Five, mind your terrain. Bukola, well done. Well done. I see you. Mind your terrain. Some of you want to settle arguments, but you're doing it on social media. The, the, the courts of public justice. It doesn't work. Private issues must be discussed privately. Public issues must be discussed publicly. Even in pastoring, there's some of you that have had to work with things on. I'm not going to bring it to the stage. Except it's your testimony. And some of you know they're even sending things. I'll be like, Aisha, you want to share that now? Are you sure there's no other way for you to communicate that? So if it's a private issue, deal with it privately. If it's a public issue, I'm not saying don't share your testimonies. Don't get me wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whether it's deliverance from fleshly things or from satanic or demonic things, there's a time and there is a place so there are certain things I might share with some people in private counseling that I might not necessarily bring on the stage. Mind the terrain. You have an issue with your boss. You are discussing in the canteen. Are you normal? You are discussing your boss at the canteen. What you have created in the spirit is a division from the blessings over that organization. What you are signaling to the spirit world is that when this organization gets blessed, even though my sweat is involved, may I not partake of it. Or you can't deal with it, talk to your supervisor. Can't deal with it, talk to your superior. Follow the protocols of the system. And if it's so tough and tight to deal with, get out of the place. There was a place where they were stressing my wife years ago. I never seen my wife in that kind of mood and I hated it. I hate stress on the human soul and I hate stress on people I love as if if we have heart connection and you're going, I, I don't like it at all. I uh, don't like it. So my wife would go to work and she really loved the work and all and by the way, some of you know the last place where she works is not that place because people have to you know, there's always like, where's the place? Where? Which bank is Peter? I'm stuck in. Don't worry, it's all long ago. There's that place. My wife would be stressed. Ah, stressed. Fine girl. Never seen her in that mood. So you have to leave this place. This is not anything that is stressing your soul is not of God. 
You have a stress in your soul. It said, you restore my soul. You are going to walk. You are scared. You are anxious. You are afraid. It's either you're being lazy. In other words, you're not following kingdom. Or your time there is up. So if you check your heart and you know you're giving 100% in that place, you're, I'm not saying that you're coming late. They're rebuking you. like uh, They're stressing me. They're not stressing you. You are the one stressing them. They said send email. You went to buy a computer. You went to buy a typewriter. They rebuked. They said they are stressing me. You know you are doing your work. You are serving. You are giving. But anything you do. They tongue lash you. They mock you. The God is the time. The terrain. And number four. The timing. Number six. The timing. You are at home. You know your brother has had a stressful week. Just came back from NYSC. You can't even see anything. Even the NYSC can't see anything. Or your brother is in the military. He's been fighting Boko Haram. You now go and meet him the day he lands from Boji. Brother, brother, give me money for Cortex. Give me money. Well, what are you saying? That's wrong. One to the timing. Your brother likes to watch the premiership. Even though the club is supporting, they have never won anything. Not even an argument. Then, it is when they are about to play the match. That's when you remember that you are falling asleep on Telemundo. Telemundo call. Timing. Sometimes you just have time and issues. Or in, in your spiritual family, you have spiritual siblings. This person is going through a tough time. You know, maybe your family member has been ill or sick or the person has been out of work for months. You know the person is a vulnerable space. And then you're quick to say, that person is not even as friendly. Have you asked her what she's going through, what he's going through? Have you bought lunch? Have you sent her small chops? Not the human ones. The uh, finger foods. Have you extended grace? You know, I spoke about grace. Have you extended grace first before you draw conclusions? Have you called? You know, I just called to check up on you. I said, okay, I don't know how to sound about the phone. Send the text message. You don't know what to say. Oh, love you, dear. I'm praying for you. Not dear if it's 20 years older than you. <laughs> I'm praying for you. But make sure that praying for you is not, I'm praying for you. You need prayers. Now, now only you, I can come. Not that. You see what I'm saying? Mind the six C's. What's the first one? The truth. Number two. Mind your thoughts. Number four. Mind your tongue. Number five. Number six. Number five. Number six. Is this helpful? Let's give God praise. Jacob and Esau came together. Olushe, can you believe it? That when Jacob came with all the treasures he had planned, he said, God's mercy is such that anything's good to see you. The lady in the in fisher, please, can you come? Come. Just come to the front. Anytime you're planning your head, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this time or this argument. Like the prodigal son, I have the scripts that I have in my head. 
You know, the father never lets them read the script. Esau said to Jacob, don't worry. I'm a baller. There's nothing you can give me that will register in my bank account. Are you understanding? You know, there's some monies that when they give you, no matter how much you have, it will shake. Your account will feel it. There's some monies that when they give you, is when you check. So, Jacob was saying to Esau, or rather, Esau was saying to Jacob, who are this, your family? Ah, why all this drama? You're prostrating my Lord, my, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. My Lord, may I? That, that, that's what Jacob was going, bros, I wronged you. Kai, coconut head. Say, I've, I've got this gifts for you. Esau be like, I'm a baller. See, 400 men. These are not all my guys. I have a, a nation called Edom. So even before Israel manifested, the one who had no blessing already provoked something in the earth realm. Please free your mind from second guessing. Is it because of something I did? If the blood is what the Bible says it is, your sins are forgiven. your mind, don't let your enemy clog up your hardware, your storage space with the wrong information he said I'm alright, I'm, I'm good Femi, that's what he said, he said I'm good he said I'm not going to take anything from you he said bros, please just take it so I know that we're good so at that level, Esau received the gift not because he was now suffering and, and uh, the life had dealt with him. Chai! And you know, one of the things that makes it easier for you to let go is that you are blessed. Now what you thought, what they did to you was going to cost you, God still gives it to you. So one of my prayers as we close today is may you receive the blessing of recompense. May you receive the blessing of recompense. I've been in spaces before in my life where I thought, I had this person, I thought we're guys, I thought we're, you know. But you know what? God never let me be in a place where my future was stranded because of what they didn't do for me. I pray that for you in the name of Jesus. Can we raise our hands to the Father in a few minutes and, and just embrace the reality of this word? Embrace the reality of this word. The richness of it, let it penetrate, permeate your spirit. Say, Lord, I receive this word. I receive the weight of this words. I receive the life in this words. I receive the grace upon this words. I receive the essence, the juice. It manifests in my life. It manifests in my life. It produces fruits. Bring your brother into the space. Bring your sister. Bring your brother, bring your sister into the space. Mercy, Lord, mercy. Mercy. My older brother, my older sister. We're going to take it a step further. Right now, make a resolution. You're going to send that message. You're going to make that phone call after service. Brother, please, when can we talk? Sister, please, when can we have a conversation? Some of you is people in Kings right now. If there is somebody in Kings, don't worry, we're not going to judge you. And I want us to do this real quick. We're not going to judge you, but I want us to make a move. If there's somebody in Kings, 
you feel they have something against you or you know you have something against them so it could be either way but just feeling strange you, you just feel this disconnection you just feel like the vibes are not as strong right now in this moment walk away from your seat right now walk up to that person some of you are going to have three or five people this is the first step of commitment walking up to them does not mean you fix it right now it means you're going to talk after now come on roll quick let's do this let's i know there are some of you come on take that step right now right now right now right now if it's me walk to the altar if it's me walk to the altar do that real quick do it we're not going to judge you because we don't know what it is let's do that real quick do it real quick if it's your team lead go talk to you go meet your team lead now if it's somebody on your team go and meet the person except you on the camera or the keys don't waste a good message this is not to take notes alone yes i see that hug i see that just just go go right now your spiritual sibling hurts you offended you didn't call you forgot your birthday used to pray with you and all of a sudden jabbered you do that real quick I'm still waiting I'm given two three minutes Let the spirit of grace and glory pour. Sister, please can you come? The Lord spoke to me and he said he wants to restore, restore you. I don't know what you lost. But one of the things I see the Lord doing is strengthening your legs. And I'm not talking about your physical legs. You will be able to stand. You have found yourself in places where you literally just wanted to rely on people and depend on people and trust people and believe people. But God is saying, I want to bring you to a place where I will do for you what no man has decided to do for you. I will help you. I want to stop putting your trust in men. I want to stop putting your trust in men. I want to stop putting your trust in men. I want to stop putting your trust in men. The arm of flesh will fail you. It says, but I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not fail you. It says, I love you. I care for you. And I have plans for you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. I will rewrite your story, says the Spirit of the Lord. I'm causing your story to be rewritten. I see pages being opened in the realm of the Spirit. And the Lord himself is wiping away the handwriting of accusation and the weight of guilt and the burden of fears and cures and doubts that has come upon your life. And the saying in this season, I'm bringing restoration of your hope and your joy. You dragged yourself here this morning. You were not sure you were going to make it. But the Lord identified you and spoke to you. And this is one of his love expressions to you to let you know, I see you. I hear you. I know you by name. I've called you from before the foundations of the earth. I I've ordained you. I've ordained you as a sign. I'm a wonder. And you will no longer go from pillar to post, chasing things and chasing people and moving from corner to corner and spot to spot. But I'm raising you up. I'm lifting you up. I'm bringing you up. I'm raising. It's changing the story. 
Hallelujah. Bless you. Meet somebody. Meet somebody. Meet somebody. Meet somebody. Some of you start coming two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and your beef is now wow. These people they just love themselves. Nobody has come to talk to me. Come and come to the altar if you're like that. Or go talk to that person. Some of you on your team, there are squabbles on the team. Go and look for the people who have squabbles on your team. Drag them like a leader than you are. Connect them right now. You know, many times in church, we just hear beautiful sermons and messages. Everybody take notes and go. No, let's take action. Go connect with somebody. If you can't do this physically, it's going to be tougher to do that one. Yeah, at home. It's going to be tougher. Meet somebody. Tell somebody we need to talk. Let's talk after service. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's make it work. Let's be connected. Before the person was excited about you, now the fire has died. But we're family. We go through disagreements, but we stay together. We stand strong. If you have anything against me, come and talk to me. I can handle it. Or you don't want everybody to say, ah, you have something against that pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the energy. Hug somebody. Hey, oh, we're not supposed to hug. Sorry. Lord, like somebody. Jab somebody. Say, I love you. 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 I care for you. For you, show a la 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 yes. Spread the love, bask in the love, set your soul free. Let your mommy go, let your daddy go, let it go. The moment Jacob made the decision on one side of the mountain, God started walking on the heart of Esau. Some of you, your father cursed you. Your mother said something bad about you. But just say, God, I free it now. I free it now. I let it go now. Don't be scared of the conversation. But if you pray and release it now from your heart, God will begin to work on their hearts. On their hearts. There is someone I know who had something against me. Not anything wrong I did, but certain expectations that I didn't make. And someone said to me, you know, that person so respects you so much, so loves you. And that person was saying a lot of good stuff about you. And that person doesn't just speak like that. So I know God is walking on that person's heart. So some of you, you're dealing with that, your boss, your father, your friend, somebody. But as you let it go in your heart. So all that thing that, that Jacob was doing, the bowing down, prostrating, preparing, the Bible says a broken spirit. And the contrite heart, even God will not despise. And if God will not despise, then men have to bow. I'm trusting the Lord throughout this week and next week. 
reconciliations will begin to happen. For some of you, it was the church you used to attend. So when you told them you're going to Kings, say who's Kings, Pastor Damia, that happy jumpy pastor on social media. That's the person. Does it really have what? Is it really what that? It's just creative, Jare. There's a difference between creativity and anointing. Just be singing and painting and making funny faces. Awalani anointing. We are the anointed ones. So they have it against you. But there's something in the in the air. The next 14 days, reconciliations. At home, at work, in Kings, reconciliations. Reconciliations. Keep the door open. Keep the door open. When they call you for that meeting, that board meeting, that family meeting, don't say, I'm not going, I'm not going. Go prayed up, go fasted, go with a gift. Be like Jacob. Father, we give you praise. I feel such a heavy oil upon this house. Some of your consciences are being purged now. And you're just going to see that that thing that was tough for three years, three weeks, boom. Because you've let that, that weight go. Father, we receive this. Let this not just be a great message. Let it not just be a fantastic teaching. Let it be true transformation. True transformation from the depths of our souls. From the depths of our hearts. From the depths of our souls. From the depths of our hearts. Father, we give you praise. Our hearts are healed. Our souls are restored. The things that were illegally planted in our minds as children, whether it was envy, self-seeking, self-consciousness, pride, arrogance, misdeed, misstep, doing the right thing at the wrong time, in the right terrain, in the wrong terrain. God, we thank you because your blood speaks for us. We are fully restored. We are fully transformed. We are fully changed. We give you praise, our Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Glory to God. of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this out